welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Hello again. Um, I want to share something before we get into the main message here this morning. Um, I used to do, and I'm, I'm planning on restarting this up again. It's kind of seasonal, but I used to do online a thing called Ask the Pastor, where people could submit questions, and we would look at the questions, and we would do our best from the Bible to answer these questions. And uh, we're going to be starting that up again. I'm not sure the exact date on that because we're involved with Healing School Online right now, getting ready to start up here in September. But um, I wanted to answer a question before we get into the main message. Is that okay with you? I was thinking about how many times the disciples asked Jesus questions. And I'm not Jesus, okay? I'm, I'm an under-shepherd. I'm a pastor who, who believing to hear from the Lord for the people. Um, but the Bible does talk about people asking questions and God answering those questions. One of the best ways to learn is go ahead and ask a question. You know, and we want to make that start make that available uh, to you. Again, if you have a question, you can write the church email and and submit it to us, and we'll do our best to answer those questions throughout the days ahead. Um, but then I thought of the scripture in Jeremiah thirty three three, where God basically says, "Call unto me, and I will answer you, and I'll show you great and mighty things that you don't know." And so He wants us asking Him questions at times, and so when we do, we need to believe for an answer, and then just expect it to happen and thank God when it does. And so I wanted to answer a question because I, I sense there's something in some people's lives today that's missing. And I really feel it prompted as a pastor. Instead of it turning into a whole sermon, I'm just going to take three minutes now and answer a question concerning, and I know a lot of people have this question, and it's basically this. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. But the question is, how do you do that? He is a spirit being in another realm. How do we resist him when he comes against us? Well, I wanted to answer. Can I just answer that for the next two minutes? How do you practically resist the devil and he flee from you? Anybody interested in demonic things fleeing from you? Fears, anxieties, diseases. Anybody interested in those things fleeing? Well, here's, here's one thing I want to say. I'm seeing this as a pastor and it's, it's a little bit disappointing because I know people can live in more victory. People have to realize that prayer is not a fix-all. If it was, why say resist the devil and he will flee from you? Look at James 4.7. They'll put it up on the screen. James 4.7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God there you go. Thank you. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. All right. So if we don't resist, he doesn't have to flee. And notice this scripture is not talking about prayer to get the devil to leave you alone. It's talking about you resisting that will get the devil to leave you alone. There's many things Christians are praying for and about that using their authority over that thing, how would I want to put it? Let me put it like this. You can't get through prayer what only resisting the devil will do for you. This has saved some people a lot of struggles, saved some people a lot of heartache. There are some things that you're going to have to stand against and say no to. Do you want things that are wrong fleeing from you? then you're going to have to get this down into your heart. I see a lot of people praying when they should be rebuking. A work of the enemy, like Jesus rebuked it and it stopped. He rebuked it and things got better. There's a lot of people praying for things that only resisting the devil will do for you. You have to know when to pray and when to say. When to pray to God and when to speak to a mountain. Because if you don't discern this, you might be praying when you should be saying and saying when you should be praying. And so it says here, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. So you all realize that the word submit comes first before successfully resisting the devil. You have to realize that first of all. You can't be opening the door to the devil and resisting him to flee at the same time. If you want him out, shut 
the door. First kick him out and then shut the door and don't open it anymore. You can't be opening the door in one area and resisting him in another area. You just might as well go ahead and sell out to the Lord so this works perfect, okay? And the other thing you got to do is you got to recognize that the devil, the opposition is of the devil. God would never bring anything to you to discourage you. Are you listening to me? He would never bring doubt to you. He would never bring depression to you. You've got to recognize these things a lot of times are not to be prayed away. They're to be resisted and they will flee from you. Are you listening? And then you just got to do what Jesus did. Then just say from your heart, fear, I resist you. In Jesus name, I refuse to fear. You got to just say from your heart, sickness, I resist you. And said, oh God, take away the sickness. He already bore it. He already took it. Why don't you say, sickness, I resist you. In the name of Jesus, I refuse this sickness. You will not get a hold of me. You will not get a hold of my family. You will not do it. Get a little bold about it. If you heard last week's message, it should produce a little boldness in you, right? The righteous are as bold as a lion. Sometimes you got to look at the problem and say, hey, problem, in the name of Jesus, stop in your tracks. Back off. Get out. And then the last thing is you need to believe it worked even though it doesn't look like it immediately worked. You got to believe it's working. You got to believe your words had power. You got to believe that the name of Jesus is greater than the problem coming against you. You say it and then you believe it's working and then you go your way as if it worked. And I just felt like I needed to address that. So there's your answer to your question. Father, we're asking for the remaining time of this service, you would give us the exact words we need to hear from heaven. Let them be anointed words, supernatural words, words that break chains, words that lift us up to higher places, words that destroy fear and depression and disease. Let the words of heaven come forth boldly today, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. And we thank you for answering questions, solving problems, and giving us everything we need to live victorious in this life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I just for a show of hands for my sake, if you could show how many of you were not here with us last Sunday in this church service, you weren't able to be with us. That's a pretty good handful of you. We we took a kind of an interesting side journey last week. Uh, You have to check it out. But um, the Lord prompted me to teach on the gift of righteousness and how that would produce greater results in our Christian life. Because if you keep thinking you're a sinner and a a worm and a victim, then you're not going to be operating properly in faith and prayer. And and so I would encourage you to listen to it. But the reason I, I brought that out was, number one, I felt like there's a lot of people living under a degree of condemnation that it's not coming from the Lord and you need to get out from under that to do what you're supposed to do in the body of Christ. And so we talked about how to overcome carnality and how to overcome sin. The best way to overcome sin is what? Who said that? Who said that? Believe you're righteous. Get your faith on it. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. The best way to overcome sin is to believe something. Believe what God said about you. Believe you are righteous. That will produce a power from within to fix what's happening on the outside. One of the best ways to overcome sin is to believe you are the righteousness of God in Christ and look at it long enough till it actually does something on your insides. And so we had to talk about that because before, and if you turn to 1 Corinthians 12 now, 1 Corinthians 12, the very first word in this chapter came alive to me years ago and the Lord keeps building on it in my spirit and he if you look at 1 Corinthians 12, 1, Paul said, now concerning spiritual things, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Now means I had to say some things before we start talking about these spiritual powerful things here. He said, I ha- and if you look back in chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, Paul had to deal with a lot of carnality in the church before he could start talking to them about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the power of God being manifested more in the earth realm, in the church, through the church. He had to deal with carnality. And one of the best ways to deal with carnality is to believe you are now spiritual and you are righteous and you don't live like you used to live. You put off the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. So you put on and you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Have to work on that because God wants to do a lot of powerful things in our church, but we can't be carnal. 
and expect all these things to just flow through us and, and see miracles and healings flowing through us to people that are, we have to show the Lord that we will have the right motives when this power increases, that we will have, that will not just build a ministry because a miracle happened through us and get off the plan of God for your life. And we have to show the Lord that we're grown up enough to handle more power. And that's why we taught what we taught last week, because what I taught last week, what the Lord helped us with last week, will help you get out of carnality better than anything else I presently know about. You need to get your faith on it. Believe you are spiritual. Believe you are righteous. And then start living like it's true because it is. And that'll take us up to this chapter here. And in verse one, Paul says, now, now that I've addressed all this carnality in the church, now that I've addressed all this sin, now that I've addressed all this babyhood Christianity, when you should be growing more, he said, now we're ready to talk about spiritual things, brethren. The word gifts is italicized. It's not in the original. It includes it, but it's more than that. And the better rendering of this in the original Greek is now concerning the supernatural brethren, brothers and sisters, not just pastors. Now concerning the supernatural, I do not want you ignorant. What does that mean? That means we better know some things about what he's about to talk about especially in the day we're living in now. Oh my goodness, the world is groaning and travailing, waiting for the church to be the supernatural church Jesus called us to be. The whole world is groaning and travailing for the power of God, for the love of God. The whole world, they need strong answers and this world has no answers for them and no cure. There are things, there are people messed up today and they think their mess is okay. They need to see the light. They need to realize that there is a God in heaven who cares and his word is true and it needs to be respected. <clears throat> there are things happening in the earth today that if the power of God does not come on the scene, it's going to get more twisted, more perverted, more crazy, and more people are going to be led to hell than ever if the church doesn't rise up with the power of God that the Lord said we could have. This is so important. I think it's very interesting. Paul is not addressing pastors. He's addressing every Christian in the church. And he says, because well, I'm not a pastor. I don't need to know these things. If you're a Christian, you need to know these things. Because there's no way that the needs of our church are going to be met and the needs of our community are going to be met on just a few people in leadership doing some of these things. Every believer needs to know these things, be open to these things, be yielded to the Lord. So when he wants a miracle to come forth, we're all ready. There's some things he wants to do in this church to help people that are not going to come through me. And that's why you have to be equipped. You have to be understanding of these things because he wants to use you. And you have to realize, I don't have to be a preacher. I don't have to be, you know, an apostle or an evangelist. I can just be me and God can work through me. And this is so important. So please don't think this is just for preachers here. Paul said concerning the things of the spirit, brethren, which would include gifts and administrations and offices and operations. He says, I don't want you ignorant. Why? Answer, so they can happen more frequently. Ignorance leads to no desire. No desire leads to not seeing hardly anything the Lord wants to do. But knowledge leads to desire. And desire leads to seeing way more of these things happening, like miracles and healings happening than we've been seeing up till now. So he says, concerning the things of the Spirit, which would include manifestations of the Spirit, I don't want you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles. You were non-Christians, non-Jews, carried away unto these dumb idols even as you were led. We mentioned previously that a lot of people today have a hunger for the supernatural and because the church hasn't been showing them the real, they've been going astray unto dumb idols. You know, like witchcraft and seances and astrology and all this other junk. They have this craving for the supernatural that they're supposed to be getting filled in church but if the church doesn't believe in the power of God and say it's just for yesterday, kids and others are going to go to other places to try to feel the hunger. Gothic stuff, dark stuff. I mean, they, they have a hunger. Church, let's show, them the, let's show them the real so their hunger is satisfied. 
The real is the power of God, the gifts of the Spirit, manifestations of the Holy Ghost. And they, that needs to be, every person on this planet has a hunger for the supernatural. And it's up to us, the church, to see to it that people don't go astray trying to feel, feel that hunger. And he says, I'm giving you to understand no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. No man can say Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, you know, from heaven, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it's the same God which works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit, and that's what we're talking about, manifestations of the Holy Spirit, is given to every man, and that would include one man, to profit with all. So these gifts aren't just to profit the one who's being used. They're to flow through that person to profit everyone. God wants the entire church help, not just individuals here and there. He cares for the individual, but he wants everybody help, helped. And this scripture says we all need to be open and aware to these manifestations coming through us to others. How are you going to be open and aware if you don't even know what they are? He lists nine of them here in just a minute. So that's why we have to know these things so we can be more yielded and more used when he wants to pour greater power through us to help somebody else. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. What he's saying here is God wants to do things in this earth realm and he's going to do it through us. He wants to do powerful, he wants to manifest, he wants to show up, if you will. Not that he's not here. He's always here. If you're a believer, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. But that doesn't mean he's always in manifestation doing what he wants to do. I want him with me and I want him manifesting himself in me and through me. Perfect example is this. There's singers in this room right now, obviously. We just heard some great singers on the stage. They're here. They're, they, we can't say they're not here just because they're not singing. And we can't say God's not here just because he's not producing miracles and healings. He's here. We need to find out our part so he can do more of these powerful things. We have a part. It's not all up to God. There are things we can do to open the door for God to perform greater miracles and healings in our church and through our church. And how many of you are interested in your part? It's not hard. It might just take a little time, a little adjustment of our priorities, but it's not hard. The Lord never told us anything hard to do. His yoke is easy. So, <clears throat> in, um, keep reading here. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all, for to one in the church is given by the Holy Spirit the word of wisdom. And we'll define these again in just a minute. And to another is given the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. Friend, listen before we go any farther. All of these gifts that we're reading about right now, there's nine of them. Every one of them is supernatural. It's not something we learn in a college. It's not something we learn by reading a book only. It's these gifts in manifestation. They're all supernatural. He's not talking about wisdom you gain from school. He's talking about a word of wisdom from God about something in the future you and I would have no idea about except he revealed it to us. And then he talks about the word of knowledge, knowing something supernatural you can no way know except he revealed it to you. Perfect example was Jesus talking to the woman at the well. He said, go call your husband. <clears throat> I'm going to talk to both of you. She said, I don't have a husband. He says, you're right. You don't have a husband. You've had five husbands and the one you're living with now is not your husband. And in that you said, truly, I have no husband. How did Jesus can know that? How did he know that? He knew something about the present and the past. No way he could know except the father revealed it to him. You've had five husbands. He didn't even know this woman. <clears throat> How would he know that? Word of knowledge. You've had five husbands and the one you're living with now is not your husband. That's called a word of knowledge. <clears throat> word of wisdom would be a revelation, a word, a fragment to part of a sentence. It would be a word about the future. Something that the Lord knows is going to happen and that would be a word of wisdom. How many think it would be really nice 
to be more open to a word of wisdom coming forth in this day when people are doing crazy things like school shootings and shootings at the mall. How many think it'd be a good idea to know a little bit about the future to stay away or to pray that it doesn't happen before it happens or to stop the devil in his tracks through a prayer meeting on Wednesday night or whatever? The word of wisdom is life-saving. When you know the future, you are on the advantage. Are you listening? And the Spirit of God wants to do these things for us, but we got to know about them. Our desire for them has to come up. Our yieldedness has to open wider because the Lord wants to do this through you and me and everybody in our church. It says here, verse 9, to another is given faith, in the Greek it's special faith, beyond just saving general faith, by the same Spirit. To another is given the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. Oh my goodness. To another, the working of miracles. To another is given prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these work are activated by that one and self-same Holy Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. He divides severally as he will. So every one of us should be excited about what we're talking about here because you are part of every man. Dividing to every man severally as he will. Say, I'm an every man. I'm a part of every man. And it's going to take all of us listening and yielding. There's no way all the needs in this church are going to be met just because pastor and a few leaders are doing what they're called to do. There's no way. God wants to divide to everybody severally as he will. And we need to be open and hungry and realizing this is going to come through me at times. I'm going to be used to the Lord at times. And life-saving things will transpire because of it. <clears throat> I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews 2. Sometimes we need to slow down, teach, and see exactly what the Lord wants us to see, line upon line, precept upon precept. I love inspirational preaching, but it can't take the place of informational. Did I say yeah? I love inspirational preaching, but it can't take the place of informational teaching. Teaching is where you slow down a little. You look at the details. Some of the best services I've been in, the inspiration wasn't very high, but the information was life-saving. In Hebrews chapter 2, look at verse 3 and 4. God said, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? God also bearing them witness, the apostles and disciples and others that were used to the Lord, both with signs and wonders and with different kinds of miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. So when it comes to God initiating things in the earth realm with nobody believing or not believing as high as they could and should be, when it comes to God doing things in the earth realm, you know, him initiating them, this is as he wills. I want to make this point before we go any farther. I know we've talked about it a little bit. There are things God wants to initiate in the earth realm. And I submit to this as a church. He's wanting to do more of these powerful things than he's been able to do. There is a part that we have to play in opening the door, hungering for, desiring, being knowledgeable of, being more yielded to. If we want to see more miracles and healings and words of wisdoms and words of knowledge and discerning of spirits and prophecy and tongues and all these other things, gifts, we have to be knowledgeable, desiring, hungry, and yielded. Every one of us. Listening. Coming to church, not just to receive, but to give if the Lord wills. Are you following? And so I wanted you to see that because when it comes to manifestations of the Spirit, that's God initiating powerful things in the earth realm, whether anybody else wants it or is believing for it or not. That's Him doing it. Now you've got to be hungry for it, and somebody has to be doing their part. But for the one being ministered to, they may not even have faith, but God may want to heal them anyway. Now that is no excuse not to grow in faith. 
Because God does require we grow in faith, but let's face it. There's some people in situations today, they do not have the amount of faith they need to get free, and a gift of the Spirit would be really good in that situation. There's going to be a lot of things in life that our faith can't produce, and we're going to need outside help, if you will, from our own faith. Anybody interested in this? Well, I want you now to turn to Acts chapter 4. Anything you need from the Lord, you can go get anytime you're ready. You can initiate your family right and receive a healing anytime you want. You can initiate a miracle if you need a miracle for you or a family member. You can initiate a miracle anytime you're willing to believe what God said about that situation and his provision for that situation. You can initiate a healing anytime you want. You do not have to wait for God to initiate your healing. You can initiate it yourself by growing in faith, going to the scriptures, believe what they say, stand your ground, and don't quit. You can initiate your own healing. A really interesting thought is that most of the church world, and I say this reverently, but I try not to just say most and always, uh, just lightly, most of the church world is waiting for God to initiate their healing. Most of the church world is waiting for God to initiate the miracle they need. They are praying and waiting for God to do something. Instead of developing in faith, going over the scriptures, reading and studying, and building their faith to a level where they can take what belongs to them as opposed to waiting for God to bring it to them on a silver platter. We should all be growing and developing in faith. Don't think so many people are praying and waiting for God to do something when they should be developing their faith and taking what belongs to them. Can I get a witness, church? You need to realize what the Lord has already done for you and begin to take into your life what he's provided. Initiate it on your own. The woman with the issue of blood did that. In Mark chapter 5, she came to Jesus, touched the hem of his garment, said, if I touch his garment, I shall be whole. When she touched his robe, the power of God went out of Jesus into her, and Jesus didn't even know where the power went, let alone minister to her intentionally. He said, who touched me? And the disciples said, Lord, the crowd's thronging you. What do you mean who touched you? All kinds of people are touching you. He said, no, somebody touched me different with the touch of faith. I felt power go out of me. I felt virtue go out of me. And she came before him and told him all the truth. And he said, woman, Go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. What made her whole? God initiated. No, her faith made her whole. See, she initiated her own healing that day as opposed to waiting for God to come to her house and just initiate it for her. She might have died with a disease waiting for God to initiate what she could have initiated herself. So the gifts of the Spirit are God initiating things in the earth realm. So Acts chapter 4, read a couple verses here with me. This shows you um, again, a little bit more about God initiating versus man initiating. All right, look at verse 23, 423. The disciples were just threatened for preaching the gospel and told not to do it anymore. And it said, being let go, they went to their own company, the, the apostles. They reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God and they said, Lord, you are God. And they started praying. Look at verse 29. The end of their prayer, they said, Now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching forth your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of your holy child, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. I think we need some more of these kind of prayer meetings where the whole place shakes. <laughs> and we can leave and go, man, a whole lot of shaking going on. The place was shaken where they were assembled and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Notice the phrase in verse uh, 30. God, we're asking you to stretch forth your hand to heal. They're praying for the gifts of the Spirit here. God doing something. 
God, stretch forth your hand. God, you initiate some things in the earth because there's some people don't have enough time to grow in faith. There's some people that need miracles now. It's over for them. There's some people that need your supernatural help. They're saying, God, we pray for the power of God. We pray that you would stretch forth your hand to heal. Yes, we'll keep growing in faith. Yes, we'll keep initiating things on our own as we're developing. But God, do more. Stretch forth your hand. There are people all around us. They don't have time to go through 10 classes on faith and learn how to believe God. We're asking for your gifts of healings to come on the scene. Now stretch forth your hand to heal. They're praying for the gifts of healings to come on the scene and workings of miracles and special faith. They're praying for the three power gifts. Let's do that right now, shall we? Say this with me. Heavenly Father, we're asking you to grant unto your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. By stretching forth your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of your holy child Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We believe it's happening. Use whoever you want to use. And here I am. Use me if it's your will. I just I keep thinking that the time we're living in right now, these things are vital. The Bible talks about in the last days, perilous, difficult, dangerous times would come. I believe God's expecting the church to rise up in power more than ever in these last days because we need these things more than ever. The wickedness, the abounding of iniquity, the wars, the rumors of wars, Christians departing from the faith, fears, terrorism, all this stuff. We need these things. I mean, a lot of this terrorism, fierce, violent stuff could be avoided if we just have a little more gifts of the Spirit on the scene. More sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. And the pull today to be too natural is stronger, I think, than I've ever felt it in my 63 years of being on this planet. The pull into the things of the natural, into the things other than the Spirit of God, is so strong today. It takes a little bit of oomph to live in the Spirit in these days. There is, the moment you wake up in the morning, there's a digital clock, and then there's a digital this, and then there's a phone, and then there's a text, and then there's an email, and then there's the latest movie, and then there's the latest video game, and there's all this stuff to try to get your attention on anything except the power of God showing up in a greater way. Sometimes I get mad at my phone. Do you ever get mad at your phone? <laughs> but then I change and I get mad at me for having it on when I shouldn't have had it on. <laughs> Reading a text when I shouldn't have read a text. It's interesting. If we, if we would be as yielded to the Holy Spirit as we are to a beep on our phone, we'd be spiritual giants. I mean, Holy Spirit quickens us. We immediately look at it. Our text goes off. Oh, what's that? You, you could be in the middle of a church service. Your phone goes off. What's that? What's that called? That's called being distracted by the devil and missing something that you or somebody else needs. It's like, uh, who's, who's God, our phone or the Holy Spirit? Why would we just go, ooh, every time we got a beep and when we're talking to somebody else or in a meeting or, why would we just go, oh, that's like being led by your cell phone, not by the Holy Spirit. Now, turn to Acts 19. Acts chapter 19. Do you realize there's a difference between us initiating our family right to a healing from God and God initiating a healing beyond what we do. You need to understand this. There's a difference. And here's another one that shows you God initiating, which is what we are talking about in these services. If you want to know more about you initiating your healing and your miracle, just keep coming to church. We talk about that all the time. We talk about how to have faith, how to build your faith, how to release your faith, how to receive by faith. How to protect your faith. We talk about that all the time. So if you, if you want to know more about you initiating your healing, keep coming. Almost everything we say here has to do with faith. But today, we're talking about how God wants to initiate some things even beyond what we do. Acts 19, here's another great picture of that. In verse 11, it says, And God did something. This is not saying somebody believed. God wrought special miracles, worked special miracles by the hands of Paul. Through Paul. See, it was through a man. So that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from these people, and evil spirits went out of them. What's that called? 
God working something in the earth realm. Oh, that's good. See, we can do some things and get a healing. Other times, God can just do some things no matter what we do, and miracles happen. Special miracles. Isn't that interesting? God decided to put power in cloth. That were on, things that Paul had on him. And he took those cloths or handkerchiefs and gave them to people who knew that had people that were sick or vexed with evil spirits. And when those cloths touched those people, sickness is left, evil spirits left. And they were completely set free. Wow. Isn't that cool? Does he want to do that today? Yes, he does. And we should be expecting of it. We should want it. We should be hungry for it. And if we're not hungry for it, we need to get hungry for it. Hopefully these teachings are helping in that. Um, I want you to do this. Go ahead and turn. We're going to go a little bit ahead here to, to Daniel chapter 6. And then we, we will read that in just a minute. But before we read that, I'm going to give you again the definition of these nine gifts of the Spirit. Just going to read them so... If you can get the archive later, you can write them down later. I'm not going to read them slow enough so you could write all this down unless you are like super blazing fast at taking notes. So when it comes to the nine manifestations of the Holy Spirit, we can break them down into three categories. Three of these gifts reveal something. Three of these gifts do something. Or they're called power gifts. And three of these gifts say something. They're, they're vocal gifts, supernatural gifts. In, in their origin. So the word of wisdom, word of knowledge and discerning of spirits are the revelation gifts. These reveal something supernaturally to us to help in a great way. A word of wisdom is this, and you'll find this out as you study and you read the scriptures. A word of wisdom is a supernatural, everybody say supernatural. supernatural. See, this is not something you can gain by study. Yes, we need to study. Yes, education's fine. But this is something that is supernaturally revealed for a specific time to bring specific deliverance and help to people on the earth. Word of wisdom is a supernatural revelation, something revealed from God to and through us by the Spirit of God concerning the future, the divine purpose in the mind and will of God. The word of wisdom always speaks of the future. Things that are going to happen that God knows are going to happen. What a heavyweight advantage to have that gift. A word of wisdom like the word of knowledge may be given by an audible voice, a vision, or a dream. This revelation can come through an audible voice, a vision, or a dream. It also may come through the vocal gift of prophecy or through tongues and interpretation. See, Prophecy in the New Testament does not have uh, foretelling in it like it did in the Old Testament. The, the simple gift of prophecy in the New Testament is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. It may or may not have a word of wisdom in it. It's just supernatural utterance from God in a language you understand. But sometimes a word of wisdom will come through the gift of prophecy. In other words, you're inspired to speak something by the Holy Ghost with a prophecy uh, manifestation and with it comes something about the future. Now that's two gifts in manifestation. Inspired utterance and revelation about the future. Many of these gifts go together at times. We, we separate them for study's sake, but a lot of times they overlap in their actual uh, administration. Anybody excited about this? Do we need to take an excitement break? <laughs> okay. A word of wisdom is like when God revealed to Joseph in an Old Testament through a dream his plan and purpose for the future. Joseph, these people are going to be bowing down to you. They're going to be coming to you for help. What is that? Joseph got a word of wisdom about something that was going to happen in his future. And it came to pass to the T. Word of knowledge is a supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit of certain facts in the mind of God. He knows everything. He knows everything that he knows what's going on right now in other countries that we don't know about. But if we needed to know about it, he'd reveal something to us about it that's happening right now or that has happened in the past. So the word of knowledge is a supernatural revelation from the mind of God to you and through you about something that is or has been like yeah, uh, right. You've had five husbands and the one you're living with now is not your husband. How did he know that? Word of knowledge. 
And it changed her life. And she went and called other people from the city to check out this guy who knows things about me. And it says all these people got saved because a word of knowledge was manifested and got somebody's attention. How many think it'd be a really cool thing to know something about somebody that nobody knows except them and God and revealing it to you and you at the proper time being able to share it like, you know what, I just, I just want you to know um, the Lord just revealed to me that you've had thoughts of suicide because of some terrible traumatic things that have happened in your life. And you just read their mail and you lovingly share it with them and it changes their life and they realize there is a God in heaven. He really does know my hurts. He really does care for me. And now they're opened up to the prayer of faith working better. They're opened up to receiving from God better because you were sensitive to the Holy Spirit, came to these teachings, heard what a word of knowledge was and actually operated in it on the job or out there in the public life and you saved somebody's life because you let God pour something like that through you that got their attention and opened them up to being healed and delivered. So good. The word of knowledge can also be used to reveal sickness, demon possession. Remember that the revelation of the word of knowledge brings is never about the future. The word of knowledge brings revelation concerning, concerning things past and present. In Revelation chapter 2 and 3, anybody know chapters 2 and 3 of the book of Revelation? Jesus talks to seven churches in Asia and totally reads their mail gives this revelation to John. John gives the revelation to the angels or the messengers of those churches. And I mean just reads their mail. Two chapters packed full of the word of knowledge. I know your works. I know you hate them that, that are involved with evil. I know this. I know that. See, what's happening? Jesus is giving John a word of knowledge concerning the state of seven churches in Asia, now Asia Minor. Um, let's see here. I got my notes mixed up here. So those are two of the revelation gifts. The third of the revelation gifts is discerning of spirits. Should we know these things? Should we be open to these things? Absolutely. Discerning of spirits, God's looking for people to manifest this way through people to bring great help to the church and through the church. Discerning of spirits is simply this. It gives insight into the spirit world. I, um, I, I see the devil trying so hard to distract people into the supernatural according to his plan. God wants us not afraid of the supernatural, not hesitant to understand. He wants us operating in it the proper way so the help from heaven can get to the earth, not just so we can experience supernatural experiences. God is a supernatural God. He's always done great things for his people that were yielded to him that needed help. Discerning of spirits is seeing into the realm that's going on around us 24-7, seeing where the angels are, where the demons operate. It's seeing into the spirit. Now, why would we want that gift? Because some problems medication's not going to fix. There are some problems where there's an evil spirit involved and they need discerned and told where to go. And the Lord said, if, he said, in my name, you shall cast out demons, speak in new tongues, take up serpents, drink any deadly thing in the line of duty. It won't hurt you. Divine protection. Lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. God has given the church supernatural abilities and means to help people beyond what medication can do. Do you know you can't medicate a demon out of somebody or off of somebody or away from somebody? You can't medicate. Things have to be discerned and dealt with. And that's where we come in. Discerning of spirits is more limited than the other two revelation gifts because its revelation is limited to a single class of objects. Spirits. Discerning of spirits is supernatural insight into the realm of spirits, both good and bad. We have scriptures all over the Bible that talk about people seeing angels, uh, seeing the devil, seeing demons. And at times there's visions that can that be evolved in this. Isaiah said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple and the angels cried holy. And there was smoke and coming out of the temple and it was powerful and it was glorious. What's that? Discerning of spirits. God is a spirit. Okay, um, discerning a spirit, spirits also reveals the kind of spirit behind a supernatural manifestation, whether it's good or evil. 
Remember, remember, some things are revealed to us by the inward witness, and some things are revealed to us by discerning of spirits. This gift. This gift is not the gift of discerning faults in others. And it's not the gift of suspicion. That's, that's flesh, and you need to crucify the flesh. Workings of miracles. These are the three power gifts. The workings of miracles are a supernatural intervention in the ordinary course of nature. What do you mean? Well, walking on the water is divine intervention in the ordinary course of nature. The laws of nature say you can't walk on water. God says, I created it. And you can walk on it if I ever need you to. Hmm? See, a lot of these gifts in manifestation are going to get the attention of a bound, messed up world. And I don't know, Jesus one time told a, a real wealthy prince one time, he said, except you, and I like to look at it like this, except you who have all the money in the world and have all the things you've ever wanted, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. There are some things people are going to have to see to be jarred out of the doubt and demonic strongholds they're involved in. These miracles, these healings, a lot of people in the world, we're not going to just win them by sharing great posts on Facebook. We're not going to draw them to Jesus just by having a great blog or, or some video. They're going to come. Many people are so steeped in darkness that the only thing that's going to jar them out of that is manifestations of the power of God like we're talking about. I mean, it's one thing to say, I believe this and I believe that and the Bible says this and the Bible says that, but you can't argue with, had cancer, totally healed, I'm free today forever. Amen. You know, we could argue on Facebook, we could say this and they'll say that and we say this and they'll say that and we say this, but you can't argue with a brain tumor, diagnosed, disappeared, gone by the power of God. I know there's a lot of celebrities. I know there's a lot of celebrities. Celebrities are an interesting group of people. You know, celebrities, when you have a lot of stuff and you can pretty much do whatever you want in this world, um, sometimes it's a little harder for people like that to, to just run after Jesus and, because they have everything they want. It's worldly. It's, it's, you know, there's many things that their money can't buy, and I think they're realizing that more and more in these last days. I mean, COVID affected everybody, even if you had billions. And people die every day that are billionaires with things way before their time, problems in their body. But a lot of people, you know, they, they um, <laughs> because they have so much in this world, they're not super hungry for the, the great healer or the, the, the things that the Lord has for them because all this worldly stuff is satisfying their soul and flesh so much that they just don't have this. I just, you know what? A lot of people are just not interested in the good news of Jesus because they don't know the bad news. They've been tricked and deceived and lied into thinking everything's okay without Jesus. And man, are they going to get a wake-up call when they leave their body. Everything is not okay. I don't care if you own the whole world and a fence around it with your name on every brick. If you don't have Jesus, what is a profit of man if he gained the whole world and loses his own soul? And people are going to find that out. We want them to find that out now. And this is where the power of God comes in. A supernatural, working of miracles is a supernatural intervention in the ordinary course of nature. It involves a specific action. Now, um, you know what? I, um, gosh, I'm going to have to close here. I skipped over special faith. So I need to back up. Special faith is the most important of the three power gifts, special faith, working of miracles, and gifts of healings. Because special faith, it doesn't take an action to receive a miracle. Working of miracles is a miracle because you did something. Special faith is receiving a miracle and not doing anything. So the gift of special faith, what is that? Well, it's beyond your ordinary faith. There are things in life at times you're going to need help from God about that you don't have enough faith to receive. Or somebody you're ministering to doesn't have enough faith to receive or time to build their faith. And you're going to need this gift of special faith to come on the scene and do what your faith can't do. And it produces miracles. 
In closing, I want you just to do this. We'll, we'll define the rest of them later. I wanted to start with this in actually showing you scriptures where these gifts were in manifestation. So in closing, go to Daniel 6, and I want to show you something here. One interesting thing about the gift of, of special faith is, um, let me read this to you here. You possess a supernatural calm in times of danger. This is something you can't manufacture with your own ability. When the gift of special faith comes on you, you possess a supernatural calm in the face of danger. I don't know why I'm feeling so calm and confident right now because everything in the, around me in this world is falling apart. It's called the gift of special faith to help you protect it in that time and to see deliverance in that time. So I wanted to show you in closing a scripture where special faith is in manifestation. I, the teachings that I've received concerning manifestation of the Spirit, I've always started with word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits and going into scriptures about those things where they've happened already. But I felt impressed the Lord to start with the power gifts. I don't know why. I don't know if things are coming up. I don't know what's going on. Maybe some things in the world we need to know these things a little quicker than the revelation gifts. But I felt led of the Lord to talk to you in detail about the power gifts at the beginning of really diving into the uh, individual gift here. So special faith is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to see this in the book of Daniel, chapter 6. Everybody's there except the pastor. Let me get there real quick here. Can we take a smile break? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Daniel 6. Thank you, Lord. I have too many notes up here today. Okay, I don't need that. But I do need this. Look at Daniel 6. Look at verse 1. I'm going to talk to you about a gift of the Spirit that's in manifestation here. It says, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes, because an excellent spirit was found in him, and the king thought to set him over the entire realm. Excellent spirit. And Daniel said, Amen. <laughs> One translation says, An extraordinary spirit was in him. One translation says, A good character was in him. So these things are important and going higher in the Lord in some of these ministry areas. So I want you now to bounce down to verse 16. Basically what happened here is some people got jealous of Daniel and they tried to make a decree and they did that um, anybody who prays to another god other than King Darius should be thrown into the lion's den. Well, it didn't stop Daniel. Daniel went ahead and prayed every day and to the God of heaven and some people saw him and brought him to the king and, and said, listen, you, you signed this decree. They tricked the king. You signed this decree that if anybody prays to any other God other than you, king, that they need to be thrown into the lion's den. And we found Daniel swinging open his doors and praying three times a day, just praying and praying. And they arrested him and brought him to the king. And the king was like, oh, I've been tricked. I, I signed it. I, I signed it. it. It can't be reversed. This is the law of the Mesians and the Per. I mean, this, this can't be reversed. And it says here in verse 16, the king commanded and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spoke and said unto Daniel, your God whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. So the king was hoping that he would not be munched by the lions. Verse 20. When he came to the den, because he's in the lion's den now, 
The king came to the den and cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spoke and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is your God whom you serve continually able to deliver you from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me for as much as before him innocency was found in me. And also before you, O king, have I done no hurt. Then was the king exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken out of the den and no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. I know that Daniel probably used all the faith he had. But let's face it. You're going to need some supernatural faith to sleep with lions all night that are hungry. And here's a, here's a big key. If we want to see this gift of faith come on the scene, let's use all the faith we have first. There's a principle here. To him that has, will more be given. To him that has not, that'll be taken away whatever he does have. When we use all the faith we have and it's not enough, fear not. There is a special faith that will come on you at that time to help you beyond what your own faith could do for you. So, so important. <clears throat> when it comes to ministering to other people, like let's say lifting someone out of a wheelchair, <laughs> you need to wait, wait for the faith that comes from him to do that. In other words, you need to see by the Holy Spirit already the outcome before you lift somebody out of a wheelchair and say, be healed in Jesus' name. Peter said, the faith which is by God has made this man perfectly sound in the presence of you all. And so... There's a lot more we could talk about. I'm out of time right now, but I just want you to be hungry and ready for these things to flow through you. A lot of these things are going to happen beyond these four walls. You're going to be in public seeing people on the job that are in trouble, that need help, and, and you need to be open and yield and say, God, pour anything you want through me because I am a vessel ready to be used. Let's stand up, church. I was... Um, talking to the Lord about these teachings and I, I sense the Lord say there's going to be opposition to you teaching this and there's going to be opposition to people hearing this because of the great results that will transpire because of this and um, some of you today may have felt some opposition uh, just in your hearing ability today and I be honest with you I've sensed a little opposition in my preaching it today it's because one thing the devil hates more than and he hates this more than people being saved he hates this more than you know, people living right. He does not want anything from heaven showing up in this earth realm proving that God is real and good. He does not want, he will fight this more than anything. He does not want, he doesn't mind if you're a nice little Christian. He doesn't mind if you pray nice little prayers. He doesn't mind if you're nice. He doesn't mind, you know, that you're saved. He don't want you, he does not want power of God showing up in this earth realm and he will send extra demons and things to mess with your perception. He'll do anything he can to keep you and me from hearing these things, understanding these things and yielding more to these things because when things show up in the earth realm from God, it totally messes up the devil's kingdom and his plans. So don't, don't think that a message, you know, because there's all kinds of great messages we could preach, but this is one we need right now. The church and the world needs more help than our faith is able to produce. And we need to be expecting and believing for these things. Not quenching the Holy Spirit. Opening the door to His manifestations. Father, we thank You for giving us revelation and understanding today that will do us wonders in the future. We thank You, Father, that the power of God is increasing and will increase in and through this church. We thank You, Father, for the miracles and the healings that are needed. We thank You for the power of God flowing into the right places at the right times through all of us, bringing the help of heaven everywhere we go. Thank you, Lord, for using us and giving us opportunity to work with you in the earth realm. Say this, church, if your heart agrees with this. Lord Jesus, my heart, my life is in your hands. I want what you want. You want people free. You want people helped. And I'm here for you to work through. Pour your miracles through me. Gifts of healings. Special faith. Word of wisdom. 
word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues. I'm open. I'm a part of every man. And the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Lift us up, Lord. Help us to be the answer and not always the problem. Help us to bring power to people who need help. Quicken us. Show us how to live our lives so you can do more of these things in the world today. Thank you for doing it. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 